Hello and welcome everyone to our podcast series, The Spotlight. I'm your host, Friederike Schnabel. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Joining me is Vincent Chignot, Head of Research at Generali Insurance Asset Management. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Vincent, what are your main takes from the summer developments? It has been a summer with two halves, uh, from mid-June to mid-August. Uh, risk assets climbed a wall of worry. At some point, the Nasdaq was up 23% from the mid-June lows. Uh, the extremely defensive investor positioning in early summer made this rally possible. Uh, hopes of a Fed pivot uh, towards a less hawkish stance provided support. The implied Fed fund rate for June 23 fell from 4% to 3% between mid-June and late July. Those hopes were wiped out at Jackson Hole, where both the Fed and ECB sounded very hawkish. In short, central banks are on a mission to kill inflation off, whatever the cost for economic growth. Talking about growth and inflation, where do we stand? Geographical details vary greatly, but overall, the global economy is slowing. The euro area performed well in H1. A strong tourist season is offering support in Q3, but H2 overall is set to be much weaker. A recession is looming. The energy crisis is severe here and dampening both supply and demand. In the US, instead, uh, H1 was negative, but the consumer has engineered a nice rebound in Q3. Gasoline prices are down more than $1 a gallon uh, from peak, offering purchasing power relief. Still, the board tightening from the Fed is going to hurt. Finally, China's recovery is bumpy, with the property crisis and zero COVID policy slowing the progress. Now turning to inflation, it has peaked in the US and will do so this autumn in the euro area. Base effects will improve in Q4 and even more in Q1. Strains from the supply chain are easing. But central banks are frightened as second round effects are visible and companies seem confident in their pricing power. You talked about the energy crisis. Is it set to last? What should we look for in terms of potential turn? The silver lining is that the crisis will accelerate the energy transition. Uh, but for now, it hurts. Obviously, a switch to the diplomatic route in Ukraine would help. But that does not seem to be in the offing. Uh, Europe is in a perfect storm. After Fukushima, Germany, and to a lesser extent France, decided to cut or reduce the share of nuclear in the energy mix. In hindsight, uh, that was too quick and made Europe ever more dependent on Russian gas. The Nord Stream 2 project epitomized this strategy. The reliance is even more problematic when the EU electricity price setting mechanism is centered around the marginal cost of production, which depends on gas prices. Such a setup neglected the tail risk of east-west tensions. EU countries will meet on the 9th of September to discuss energy policies. One option consists in capping prices for power generators that do not run on gas, such as wind, solar, and nuclear, and can produce at lower cost. But this is effectively a windfall tax on non-fossil fuel energy producers, not a great transition signal. 
diverging national interests will also complicate the discussions. The matter of the fact is a shortage of supply made worse by EDF outages, which creates price pressure, hurting the consumer, but also forcing selected companies to reduce production or even close business. A good job has been done on building reserves for the winter, but selected rationing might still be required, especially in case of cold weather. Uh, this would only add insult to injury. Vincent, returning to global markets and investments, do you see the return of risk of conditions as very temporary? Not really. We retain a defensive investment stance for now, given the economic deterioration and central bank tightening. Let's not forget also that the Fed QT will run at full speed from September onwards. Uh, arguably, corporate earnings have been very resilient. We've seen an unusual decoupling between the PMIs and earnings revisions. In Europe, the earnings consensus stands at plus 18% for 22 and plus 3% next year. We fear revisions will turn down soon unless companies continue to enjoy strong pricing power. But that would imply high inflation for longer and may force central banks to tighten well beyond neutral. So not a great environment for equities just now. At some point, the Fed will pivot as it reaches restrictive policy territory, uh, inflation recedes, and the economy slows. But this pivot is unlikely to come before late autumn at best. To conclude, some final investment considerations? A crash looks unlikely, given that positioning is still very defensive. But it does make sense to overweight cash for now. Our short duration position paid off this summer as yields rebounded strongly, partly on the fiscal response to the energy crisis and on central bank hawkishness. But our short is marginal as we see limited upside for long yields from here. In a high inflation environment, we have limited confidence about the ECB's defense, including the TPI. So we treat non-core debt cautiously. Uh, Euro IG spreads are barely below the June peak, and we find this sector cheap compared to other segments of the credit market, especially high yield. Uh, we keep an equity underweight for now. Valuation has dropped a lot already, uh, with 12 months forwards PE around 11 in the euro area. But there is room for the equity risk premium to rise further in the context of extreme policy uncertainty and risk. Let's not forget that the Fed and ECB have basically dropped forward guidance in a total reversal of their policy practices. That implies much greater uncertainty and risk. Thanks a lot, Vincent, for taking the time to share these valuable insights with us. Thank you all for tuning in and hear you soon.